Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Blankfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I'm joined by my co-founder, Craig. Welcome back, Craig. Hello. Thank Wearing you. his machine head shirt today. He's even got machine head shorts. Yeah, no, no. I do. I do. They're on sale. It's a good bargain. Oh, how exciting. The bomb, you know. Yeah. I feel yeah, like a super machine head is, I don't think. Nah. Nah. Yeah. They're just some band that sounds like screaming when they sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more than that, but yes. yes. You finally recovered from our weekend. We had a quite a big weekend, actually. We caught up with like friends Friday night and went to bed at three which is so unusual for us. And then we had lunch and went back to a mate's play. I was most definitely turning into a pumpkin at about. Oh. I didn't even drink that much. I only had like five cocktails over the whole weekend. But yeah. man, I was like, today I was like, fuck, it's taken me about three days just to like that lack of sleep. It's the worst. I'm like yeah. so getting old now. And you always have kind of the best intentions. Like, oh, well, just have a, a nap on Sunday. Never do. And then maybe you do, but it's only going to be a half an hour. It's not going to make up for the you know, five or six hours <laughs> you've got missed yeah. out. So you just got to try and claw them back over the week and, you know, not uh, not destroy yourself too much with the training. That's the hardest part. You get when you're like, oh, I got to hit these numbers. And then you just like, during your warm-ups, you're like, oh, man. This That's going to be so hard. Yeah, I know yesterday I was like, oh, man, I only got one rep more on my um, pendulum, but I was like, at least I trained. I was stoked. Yeah. I did it, trained, ate my food. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll be feeling awesome. I'm still a bit tired today. No training today, which is awesome. Anyway, yeah. no one needs to hear about our big weekend. Uh, we had a good time though, didn't we? We did. Yeah, it was a great yeah. time. We had a great so time. So good. Yeah. Totally worth it. You know, sometimes you got to do that shit. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. It's, it's totally fun. Down. I think it's, you know, and this probably could be a podcast on its own, but, um, you know, that, that week after, you know, you kind of have a you know, big night or, or two big nights in our case, um, you have to accept that your, your training is probably not going to be that great the following week. If you're somebody who's, you know, very focused at this point in time on on making as much progress as possible and 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 getting to those body goals, um, you know, I think sometimes having some nights like that, like oh, I don't drink, so it was just I was just a bit sleep deprived, so it was a little bit easy. But, but Kitty, you know, had a few five, yeah, not too five, many, which is good that, for that's, me. That's, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty easy night for Kitty. Um, but I, you know, I just think this week it's just like you know. If anything else, it's like still just show up. And even if you can just match the performances that you did last week, that's good enough. Do you know what I mean? And you just need to accept that, you know, like this is a journey. You play a long game. And I think it's important to, you know, every so often, you know, let your hair down a little bit, go out and have some fun, you know, mm. and if that kind of... Every, if you're doing it every weekend, it's going to make me hard to make progress. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's that's different. But, you know, like, I mean, we certainly don't... Uh, don't go out all that much. And, um, you know, when we do we like to have some fun, it was great to catch up with, uh, that was hilarious. My friend Carrie was so funny. She was on yeah. She, she'd had quite a few more cocktails. Um, and it, but it, it was a great night. Like we laughed heaps, you know, oh, it was so you know, we had a great time. So I think, you know, it's just important, you know, like this week I'm like, look, I'm, I'm still going to try and give it a red hot crack, but you know, I'm just accepting that I'm probably not going to be, making progress at the rate that I had over the last few weeks when, you know, training and sleep and mm. nutrition has been on point. So it's okay. Let your head down. It's okay. 
the gains are not going to go anywhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we want, we want to talk about, because I often get questions from women, you know, if I want to lose body fat or weight loss is my goal, but fat loss, so we, see, we, try, we don't want to try and lose muscle. Um, you know, should I be doing higher reps and lower weight to like burn more fat? Mm. No. That is the question. That's it. That's it. Okay, no, thanks, podcast over. See you guys. Everyone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> um, Maybe talk about like Craig, what, what, what's the biggest, what's the thing that's going to affect the fat loss the most? The number one thing, what is it? Well, calorie deficit. Absolutely. Okay. Right. And, and, and generally the easiest way to create a calorie deficit is just by bringing the amount of food that you're eating down. So just bringing your total calories down, that's the easiest way to do it. Obviously you can create a calorie deficit from your, um, your output, um, in terms of, you know, how many steps you're doing per day. And then obviously like the, you know, the training, just how active you are in general. But when we actually look at, um, the daily, um, total daily energy uh, expenditure equation, you know, you've got four components. So it's like your BMR, your, uh, which is, you know, up to about 75% of your total daily energy expenditure. So obviously if you have more muscle, your BMR increases, therefore you're, you need more calories to um, basically maintain your, your body weight, which is always a good thing. Next you have your, um, your activity, right? So you're not, your 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 need, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So just, around fidgeting as i'm talking now i'm moving my hands around we generally like to measure as many things as possible so we kind of include steps in that so steps is that that thing you know if you're getting ten thousand steps a day compared to someone who's doing three thousand steps a day that energy expenditure is obviously going to be a little greater so that's something that we can measure after that is the the thermic effect of food so obviously just by hitting your protein target per day is going to have a greater thermic effect because especially with protein to extract all the nutrients out of protein and to break it down requires a lot of energy to do so. So that's always why it's really, really important to make sure you're hitting your protein target. Uh, carbs has it to a, a degree. It's only about sort of five, five to 10% maybe. And then fats are only like one to 3%, whereas protein's up around the 25, 30%. So there's much more prioritization needs to be towards hitting your protein target and then your carbs and your fats. And then after that is your exercise activity. So generally what you're going to be doing in the gym. Now, that can be a bit of a range, but the reality is even if you were to do something like a pump class where your heart rate's really elevated for, you know, 45 minutes or something like that, you might burn three, 400 calories. You know, sometimes like, you know, you hear all the Les Mills, it's like, oh, do this new body attack class. You could burn up to like 800 calories. That is total BS. No one's burning that at any point that's a that's a gross overstatement so you know if you say about three to four hundred calories but the reality is you really have no idea how much you're burning because you can't actually measure it right your each person's metabolism is going to be slightly different if you have more muscle you burn a little bit more but i mean it's a guess you know it, that particular thing that's a a function that's happening within our body that is going to be up and down and 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 different day to day depending on your stress and sleep levels and hydration levels and how much you've been eating. There's so many things that's going to affect how many calories you actually expend that trying to measure that is just, well, well it's, it's, it's just silly. Any, any number that you come up with is not going to be accurate. Certainly not a day-to-day -day perspective. Like you can be accurate with how much food you eat day-to-day -to -day and you can be accurate with how many steps you're doing per day and you can be accurate with, you know, how much weight's on the bar and how many reps you get. Like these are all object, objective metrics that you can measure 
quite easily. Um, but calories, you can't. And I think from that perspective, and I, I'm not too sure where it kind of come from, the actual thinking around it, but it, it's, you know, and I, and I can understand how people would come to the conclusion. They're like, oh, I, I need to, if, if I want to lose fat, then I need to be burning more calories, right? Yep, that's, yep, that makes sense. So therefore, I'm going to be doing more high rep work uh, because more reps would equal more energy expenditure and my heart rate would probably be a little bit more elevated. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. Technically, that's that's absolutely correct. The problem with that is that, again, you have no idea how much you're burning and we need to separate muscle building from calorie burning, Okay. When we go to the gym to lift weights, we have to go in with the intent that we're always trying to build muscle. Even if we're in a caloric deficit, right, we're still trying to build muscle. So the more muscle you have, the actual more raw myofibular muscle tissue you have is the thing that's going to improve your BMR, right? And then going through that workout and breaking down that muscle tissue, you know, that the harder it is um, and the more effective reps that you're getting out of each exercise you know, the, the bigger the recovery demands so or over the next 70, uh, 24 to 48 hours, your body's going through this remodeling process and you need to be, you know, eating enough food in order to allow that remodeling process to happen. Now that is specific to building muscle and muscle gain. When we want to lose fat, we're talking about losing fat only, which means on the other hand, we need to be maintaining the muscle that we have. Now, your physique is representative of your strength capability in the gym, right? Kitty looks the way she does because of what she's capable of lifting in the in, in the gym. So when you look at her deadlift numbers and her, her squat mine and her leg press numbers and her hack squat numbers and you know her incline press numbers and how many dips she could do and chin-ups, she's capable of lifting a lot more than most people. And that's why she looks the way she does. You know, it's often, you know, something like, oh, like I've been doing this for a while. You know, why don't I look like Kitty? And I'm like, well, Kitty can lift this. Can you lift these numbers? And it's sort of like deer in the headlights. And I can't, like, oh, God, no, I'm nowhere near those numbers. And I'm like, well, that's why you don't look like her yet. Right. So you've got to bridge that gap between your current capability and what she is capable of. And the closer you get to those, the more you'll start to look like that, you know, well, for you, that version of yourself that's more has more lean muscle tissue and, and essentially, you know, less body fat if, if food's on point. But we absolutely need to keep that that focus on when we're trying to lose body fat, we're not doing it at the expense of losing muscle. And what often happens is when you're in a caloric deficit, your um, energy availability is obviously lower because you're in a caloric deficit. And therefore you are at a, a heightened um, level of losing muscle tissue. And if you're not lifting weights or lifting those same weights, and that's why, we, you know, we've spoken about logbooking everything that you do, you know, how many, how much weights on the bar, how many reps you're doing, and that those things have got to go up over time in order to see that new muscle tissue to go on. So if you've done that, and your numbers are going backwards. Say, for example, you're like, oh, I'm not going to do sets of, you know, six to nine anymore. I'm just going to do sets of 15 to 20. 
because uh, it's going to burn more calories. Yes, that's technically right. But if you're not lifting the equivalent weight in that 15 to 20 rep range, that's equivalent to what you can do in the six to nine rep range, then the reality is your performances are going to be less. And therefore, because you're in a caloric deficit and no longer lifting the appropriate loads to maintain the muscle that you have, you will lose muscle very quickly. And when you're in a caloric deficit and you're doing lots and lots of stuff, like I'm like, I'm going to do these leg presses and then I'm going to start doing these dumb bodyweight walking lunges up the gym and then I'm going to put the booty band on and I'm going to start doing that. And it will feel like you're doing a lot of work. You'll be, you'll be a lot of a burn sensation. You'll be sweating and you'll be like, man, I can really feel like I'm burning fat. And it's like, well, the reality is you probably aren't. You, well, very minimally and not, not in the way that you want and not in the way that you envisage your physique being at the end of a, you know, a 12 or 16 week, you know, fat loss period. You know, it's like the people who look the best are the ones that were able to lose fat while maintaining their muscle mass. And if you all of a sudden change the way you're training to facilitate fat loss, as opposed to maintaining the muscle mass you have, then all of a sudden your calories need to get very, very low. You're doing a high amount of volume, but it would be required. It would be referred to as jungle volume because there's no real effective reps in there. There might be some in there, but nowhere near to, to the level. Because think about it. If you're doing sets of 15 plus, you know, 20 reps on all of your exercises, man, that's, that's a really tiring workout. Like I couldn't think of anything worse. And I think in my opinion, it's a very inefficient way of, of, you know, doing fat loss, you know, or even gaining muscle. Like, could you imagine doing all of your sets to gain muscle, adding weight and doing sets of 15 to 20 of every exercise? Oh man, you would just be so sore all of the time. And muscle soreness or muscle damage really doesn't play much of a part in terms of muscle growth. Like it, it plays very minimal part. And some people really go, they're like, oh, I really need to go in and damage my muscles so they're really sore. And I'm like, but that's that's not a driver of muscle growth. Mechanical tension is, and then metabolic stress sort of follows after that. Muscle damage is a bit of a byproduct of getting those two right, but your goal shouldn't be to aim for muscle damage. It should be about progressive overload and getting as many as effective reps as possible. So effective reps is, is essentially from true failure, anything about above five reps or more. So, you know, doing a set of 10, the first five, like a set of 10 where 10 is absolute true failure, the first five reps aren't really doing anything. They're just recruiting more motor units to get to the point where all of those uh, uh, slow motor units will then fatigue. And then we need to bring on the, the higher threshold motor units, which will then take over for those last five reps as you get closer to failure. And that's where the mechanical tension starts to happen. So if you think of it from that perspective, if I'm doing a set of 15, well, the first 10 reps are not really doing anything. It's only the last five reps are doing the work. So if you're doing everything where you're using a lot of energy just to get into the effective, effective rep range, then you're going to be sore and you're going to be fatigued and your ability to continue to back that up for a 12 to 16 week period, well then, well, you, you probably won't because you'll be tired because you'll be in a caloric deficit and that caloric deficit might need to increase a little bit more depending on the rate of loss and to continue that rate of loss. And likely if you are losing muscle, you'll need to, you know, push that calorie deficit even harder. And that's where 
you know, the metabolic adaptation tends to happen a lot more and that's where people tend to run into problems because they get to the end of that and they're so low with the calories and they've lost a bit of weight but they've also lost muscle and then when they do the reverse you know they they tend to to do it a little bit too quickly relative to the strength gains going back on and that's why they end up putting on a lot more fat so i think we need to be very specific in in talking about fat loss while we want to create fat loss and we do that with a caloric deficit that doesn't mean that you then need to go and start doing high rep training because it's a really inefficient way of maintaining the muscle masses you've got and that is the key to, to to a good fat loss phase is not losing any muscle if you if you have a bit to lose you're going to lose some lean body mass regardless like it's just inevitable right and and that's why a lot of people or a lot of pro people uh take drugs take steroids because it's then very easy to maintain your muscle or even build some muscle when you're in a caloric deficit but you know certainly not telling anyone listening to this to go and do that absolutely not but I think it's really, really important to understand that in a caloric deficit, you are going to lose some muscle. And then certainly for a lot of our clients that we work with, if you're starting with a low level of muscle mass, they're doing a fat loss phase in order. You're like, oh, I just need to get like, you know, this 10, 10 pounds off or whatever, you know, and I'll feel better about myself. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got no muscle underneath. So your calories are going to have to, what you'd be better off doing is building some muscle first, then doing it a little bit later on. But some people can handle that, some people can't. But the point is, it's like muscle is always the key factor here. If you want a more efficient fat loss phase, you need to have some muscle to begin with. And then when you start that fat loss phase, your goal is to maintain the muscle. So what builds it, maintains it. You don't need to adjust your program in any capacity in order to do sets of 15 to 20 in order to burn more calories, because that's just a really inefficient way of doing things. To maintain your strength as much as possible in that six to nine rep range for like a top set was really really good and then just let the calories and your steps per day create the greater deficit and and uh get the fat off that way i think too you know like women ask me can you lose weight without strength training you can obviously like obviously you can. Yeah. yeah and like there's a lot there's a you know i, th- I think though to you know, like we've got lots of women in our program who've joined, who've had a lot of body fat to lose, you know, they're up around the 90, hundred kilos and for whatever reason, they haven't been able to strength train and they have lost a considerable amount of weight, but obviously they've also lost muscle, but because they're so big and they've got so much fat to lose, um, you know, they've been able to lose that body fat and they've lost some muscle too. I just think that, you know, obviously as we age too, you know, a lot of the women we work with are in their forties and fifties. We lose muscle as we age, you know. It's so important to have more muscle for, you know, the health benefits, you know, like insulin sensitivity, It for, so you're more mobile, you know, like when you get older. Like I see a lot of, you know, we'll be walking along and I'll see an old, cute old person and they'll be so immobile and like bent run over and I always say to Craig, like, oh, God, I just don't want to be like that when I'm older. I want to be a- active and mobile. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's just going to allow you to eat more food as well, you know, because that we've talked about this before, that, recovery process from the strength training is really energy intensive so you don't actually burn that much in the session no what is happening after uh that requires energy to rebuild that muscle um you know so i think it's just it's just better it's just better if you can strength train and also too the women you know like this is just an example of a lady that i spoke to today she's a hundred and 75 centimeters, so close to my height, and she's 74 kilos. So she's not massively overweight. She's not massively overweight. 
She yeah. needs body recomposition. So she yes. wants to look different than she is now. So these women that sort of sit in that mid-range or lower body weight, this is where it's even, like, just let's say from a looks purely, you know, looks perspective. perspective. Yeah. For them to get the body that they want, you know, she was doing F45 and she's like, oh, I've listened to all your stuff. And she's like, no, I need to strength train, not do F45. Yeah. Um, I said, yeah, because it's like, talk about why F45 and like boot camps and those sort of classes don't, I mean, they, if you're a newbie, they might build a little bit of muscle to start with, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because th they are doing resistance training, right? M mostly, right? They 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 do some some weird stuff, but they do do some like barbell complexes and um, you know like kettlebell like lunges and stuff like that. Like they are they do a, a lot of their workouts are based around resistance training. That the issue is is that it will only work to a point because it's missing the fundamental element of mechanical tension, right? And then progressive overload, right? So, you know, like often the the weights that most people will be using will be the same week to week, or they'll only be gradual increases, but then they'll be doing a lot of other stuff within that workout that has no mechanical tension or progressive overload. It's simply about, you know, isn't F45, doesn't mean fast 45, like, you get in and you just do a whole bunch of stuff to like kick your ass and then you leave. And, and, you know, like when you're really like breathing hard and whatever, you, you feel pretty invigorated afterwards. Absolutely. I get all that. But the thing is it's, it's missing that element of mechanical intention and then progressive overload. Like no, no one in F45 is doing any logbooks. They're not going, okay, I lifted this much today. You know, uh, next week I've got to lift this much for this many reps. And then the week after that, I've got to try and beat that and then lift this much right now. They're not doing that at F45. It's 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 just about using weights that are, are comfortable to keep you moving. And, you know, if, for somebody who's super new to resistance training, that will build muscle to a little bit, but it will it will tap out very, very quickly. And then, you know, and, and ultimately it depends what your goal is, but most people listening to this, you know, they, they want to have a great athletic body. You know, they want to have the round shoulders and the nice, nice peach bum and, you, know, you and the peach the, bum. The peach bum. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like that, that, that's what you want to have, you know, the, the, the separation between your shoulders and your arms and, and, you know, like that, that is having more muscle and less body fat. So the more muscle comes from mechanical tension, progressive overload, log booking your list, getting good at the execution and improving that over time and adding significant weights to the bar over time, right? And you're just not going to get that method doing an F45 or a boot camp because they're just not designed for that. They're designed to have you completely exhausted and out of breath and sweating up the storm by the end. But just because you're exhausted and worked hard, you're working hard at a particular modality that has no relevance to building muscle. Yeah, past a certain point, like if you're, like I said, if you're a newbie and you've never done any resistance training before, yeah, absolutely. You'll see some change and it'll be good, but it will, it will you'll adapt to that very, very quickly. Unless there's any continuous progressive overload, you just won't see any change past that point. So that's why it doesn't work. There's no real specificity to each individual. You know, their classes, their design, they come in, they're like, okay, today's workout, we're going to be doing this, and we're going to be doing this, we're it. and everyone does the same thing, right? Whereas, obviously, we how we coach people, you know, like we kind of base out of, of base hours around, all right, so there's the movement patterns, the squat movement pattern, the hinge movement pattern, the push uh, the horizontal push, uh, the uh, horizontal pull, the vertical push, the vertical pull, you know, side doubts, arms, you know, quad hamstring isolation. Like we look at all the movement patterns 
and go, right, how how much time does this person have? How many days a week can they train? And then we kind of look at all the big tier movements and then we kind of build a program like that and we get them to start, get them to do it for like two weeks and then we start to see where their numbers are. We have a look at their videos and their form and sort of see what adjustments need to be made and then potentially make any adjustments to their program. And then we basically want to build it out for, you know, like a 10 to 12 week period where the person is forcing that mechanical tension, that progressive overload week to week. You, you know, we're basically saying, okay, you're working in this range. Once you get to the top end of that range, you're then going to increase your weight a little bit more. And then, you know, we're applying that to every exercise. So we can look at that week to week to week. If all of those progressions are going up, then we know that we're, we're going to start to see those changes in the physique. And then that's got to continue until the person ultimately gets to the desired level of physique. Now that's going to be different for everyone. But that's how muscle is going to be built in the long term. And building muscle is a slow process. <laughs> Believe me, I know personally. It's a very, very hard, very long process. So you've got to be, you know, starting with a program that you can execute well. It's going to work within your schedule and it's going to give you the prerequisites of mechanical tension and progressive overload to, to give you that certainty that if you're hitting those numbers and beating them week to week to week, then you are going to be making progress. You know, and I think that's a big thing for a lot of people, having that certainty to know that what they are doing, if they continue on this path in three months' time or in six months' time, they are going to look different if they continue doing that week to week to week. You know, there's no guarantees when you're doing F45 that you're going to look any different unless you go into a massive caloric deficit and you lose muscle and fat and you're just a smaller version of what you are. Sure, great, no worries. But then what happens after that? It's not built on any progression. There's no. It's not built on you as an individual and what you need to continue that pro progress. Um, so we just we need to be specific. What we're trying to do is build muscle and lose body fat. We build muscle by lifting weights appropriately, and we we lose body fat by utilizing a calorie deficit with the amount of food that we eat and you know our activity levels uh, outside of the gym. That's insane. Getting them with some weights. I think the other thing is, I understand a lot of them say to me, yeah, but Kitty, I really love the social aspect, which I get it. I yep. get it. Um, and I don't love strength training that much. And I think that once you actually learn how to do it and you get some coaching and you become a better lifter and you can become more confident, it becomes way more enjoyable. Yeah. Because it's exciting going into the gym every week and trying, I mean, you don't beat your numbers every week, especially not this week after our, uh, few late nights. Was it that enjoyable training session? I was like, fuck. But um, most of the time, it's pretty bloody fun and exciting. Yeah. And, you know, like I'll be always crapping onto Craig about, oh, I'm just thinking about, you know, my stiff leg deadlift or whatever I'm doing this week. I've just got to get these numbers. You know, I just really want to get these. He's like, no, oh, I'm sick of listening to you crap on. I'm sure that's what you think sometimes. But anyway, but yeah, I think once you actually learn how to do it, it becomes so much more enjoyable and it's fun and it's challenging and it teaches you so much resilience, persistence, how to play the long game. And it's, it's fun being strong. You know, it's great. Yeah, I, you carry I, I shopping that, bags in and you can pick everything up and you don't have a sore back. It, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Oh, you know, interacting with your kids and playing things. I, you know, I think there is, there's something, whether it's men or women, there's something truly wonderful about seeing what your body is truly capable of. Mm. And I don't mean your ability to do box jumps into burpees and like, you know, do 30 of those in a minute or something like that. Like that's, who gives a shit about that? Seriously. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. There's no real, apart from you just increasing your lung capacity, um, 
and engine coordination to a degree. There's nothing really spectacular about that. What is spectacular is seeing a female pull a hundred kilo deadlift off the floor for the first time. There is something incredibly rewarding and something incredibly, um, you know, profound in, in that experience. And it just doesn't tend to happen with anything else. Any other sport that you play or whatever, un knowing that you have the ability to be physically more capable and, and, and certainly like with a deadlift, because it, it, unlike a squat nor a bench press, there's not a lot of skill. Like it's just a barbell sitting there, minding, minding its own business and you grab the bar and you just stand up with it. I mean, there, there is no better uh, exercise to determine raw strength and deadlift. And it just changes people fundamentally because all of a sudden it gives them these this confidence that, Jesus, I never thought I'd be able to do that. And now I have. And it's just like, I'm, I'm doing it with using the plates that all the big boys use at the gym, you know, and I'm, I've done it. I'm in triple figures now. You know, what, what's next? You know, all of a sudden they, they, it turns into this like really awesome, like hunger or aggressiveness sort of primal sort of like, I want to get after it. You know, I want to keep seeing these weights go up. I want to keep continuing to get strong. I want to see what I'm capable of, you know, and that's really exciting. And I've seen, and I've been lucky enough, say like very fortunate enough to coach people, especially when we own the gym, coach people in the gym that absolutely were not what you would class sporting capable people, you know, like, you know, I'd, I'd after, you know, like you'd train them for a bit and then you'd ask them the question. I'm like, did you ever play any sport when you were growing up? So no, nah, I never played sport. I wasn't that type of person, you know, I preferred books. I didn't like sport. I felt like I was too uncoordinated and you could just tell it's just like how they move and how they walk up to the bar and stuff like that. There's just a lack of, of, of just, um, um, motor recruitment and, and understanding of positioning and how to move, you know, people that have played sport generally tend to pick it up, but working with those people is often a lot more rewarding because it, you know, sport or physical capability is just something that they've never, ever entertained or believed that they were ever capable of. And once they actually do it, and I've had a number of these women, you know, pull a hundred kilos or more in the deadlift, all of a sudden it just it just changes them fundamentally and you know it, it only ever happens with strength training you just don't get it doing anything else i see these people road running or i remember when we first took over the gym and the the coaches that were in there at the time they used to do some of the dumbest shit and i was just saying oh, like you know getting them to do like skipping double skipping and stuff like that and some of these people like i'm like that person just shouldn't be doing that and what the fuck are you doing that for? You know, I'll get their heart rate up. Why? Well, because it helps burn fat. And I go, oh, fuck it. You need to listen to this podcast that we're going to make in like nine years. When <laughs> we talk about how dumb that shit is. Certainly from, you know, because everyone comes in there they're like, oh, I want to change my body. I want to lose fat and I want to look more toned and whatever. And I'm like, you doing skipping is fucking stupid. Like, it, it, it just, it's just silly. So, you know... It, getting people strong and understanding that that capability is going to change you fundamentally and, and and you start to then go oh i get this now i get why building muscle is important i get why being specific with my food is important if i want to be able to manage my body weight i understand why my activity levels are going to affect 
the management of that body weight. And if I always train in a way that's going to maintain my muscle, then I'm going to have the best outcome. I'm going to be able to eat more food and life's generally going to be pretty good. So strength is never a weakness. Write that down. Is that Mark Bell? It is Mark Bell. Oh, see, look at me. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've obviously crept on about it long enough that suck in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks so much, Craig. And uh, don't forget uh, to take a screenshot of the podcast episode and share it on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D and share your biggest takeaways. And every month I pick someone who shared and they get a tub of Saturate Premium Collagen valued at $79. Amazing. Amazing. And we'll, we'll be back in a week. See ya. See ya.